about the things we love to hate and hate to love. We're your hosts, Shelby and Matt. Oh my gosh, Shelby. I'm back in New York. Yeah. Quarantining quarantine. in this apartment. Day five. Day five. <laughs> Surprisingly, my mental health is not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Really? Like I've I had the windows open. I've been like reading. I've been surprisingly busy with work stuff. So oh, I feel like you. I have not. I haven't had. I thought I was going to have like full breakdown, and I haven't really yet. So I mean, maybe it's to come. But five days I've lasted. Yeah, so only wow. nine to go. <laughs> Did you like grow up in Florida? I think I've grown up in this whole experience. I think I'm becoming a much more like wiser, calmer person. Your second book should be a memoir about your about your experiences in this one crazy summer. It's like your I own mean, eat, pray, love journey. <laughs> Truly, except for I'm not really doing any of those things. Yeah. Well, maybe you praying, ate, but you ate yes. and you went to a tropical locale and. Um, mm-hmm. And I guess it could be like about biking too, you know. Yes, my love of biking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> eat, eat, yeah, I, yeah, sleep, <laughs> bike, something. We'll yeah. we'll workshop. We'll workshop the title. <sighs> uh, but I mean, I'm I'm sort of afraid to even think about going back and listening to those original episodes where I was like, "What is coronavirus?" <laughs> Let people die in the streets. Yeah, we should Uh, definitely maybe think about editing those as the (laughs) as the fall comes upon us and the it's character development. It's character development for us. You're right. We shouldn't be afraid of progress, and like that's what Matt has come to represent on this show is the the humans wild nature to just learn and grow and i'm so proud of you matt really it's (laughs) been such a pleasure the b plot of this podcast just you slowly like uh, (laughs) brainwashing me bettering bettering that's what we call it (laughs) um okay so we got a review party a real one i know on that emails don't count but emails are great I love emails, but yes, <laughs> this this was written by someone in the United States, so it wow. showed up on our ratings, which we can access. No one had to copy and email it from another country, so great. Amazing. This is from Bethadoodle024, who, st- who says, your new BFFs, five stars. I must say, I downloaded Apple Podcasts just to write this review. Usually listen on Spotify. Okay, that's the dedication that we're looking for, yes, everybody. So if beautiful. we could have more of that energy, that would be great. <laughs> I am new to the podcast world. Just started when the world ended in March 2020, Corona, <laughs> and I started to work from home for the first time in my life. I wanted to listen to something while I worked since my makeshift office was so quiet. I started with audiobooks and then to podcasts. Anyways, I stumbled across this podcast because I enjoy garbage news. I don't like to listen to anything real serious or self-help podcasts. Matt's voice is what drew me in. His voice is the exact sound of this popular boy in high school I had a crush on. And I couldn't... And I could just listen to him spill the tea all day. LOL. I'm 36 years old and married. (laughs) But yeah, 
It's like you're just chilling with your friends talking about entertainment news and drama. So helpful in these lonely quarantine times. They give great reviews and I have jumped into many shows and books I have never heard of because of them. Highly recommend. No merch store needed, Shelby, but don't sell out. Heart, heart, heart. <laughs> love a faithful pisser. So, Oh my gosh, it's catching on. I've done it. See... <laughs> like halfway through this review it's like did matthew write this for himself but then you get to the end and i would never (laughs) never (laughs) deign to use that horrible word so i mean you could have still hired some friends to to hype up your voice i don't know it seems like a unlikely uh through line from our last couple reviews but i guess it appeals to certain people so I was on TikTok, and <laughs> uh, as all good stories start, yes. and for some reason, these I've been getting like weird science TikToks, which like how did I stumble into that world? I don't know. But there was one that's about how like why people don't like the sound of their voice, and mm. they said that there's two scientific reasons for that. One is that when you hear most people's voices you hear them only through like your ear canal, but because your voice is coming out of you, you also hear it through your bones. So then when you hear it like on a voicemail or something, it's then only going through your ear, not through your bones. And then also, I guess when you're listening to someone else speaking, your like mind is sort of doing detective work to try to guess what their feelings and sort of uh, like, intonations are in your voice but when you're listening to yourself talk that doesn't happen because you know what you're feeling when you talk so then when you listen to your voice played back your mind also has to do that for yourself which also throws you for a loop so wait so the more you know only you only are sensitive to your voice when you hear it not when not like in day-to-day use no, in day-to-day use, I'm great with it. Oh, Sounds okay. perfect. And then yeah. you hear it back and you're like, what is this monstrous thing coming out from inside me? I well, swear I don't normally sound like this. is giving you this reassurance that your voice is is not only bearable but beloved so (laughs) and sounds like popular high school boys yeah Yeah, what i've always uh, wanted yeah (laughs) you don't really get that um i guess uh (laughs) dialect in uh those teen ya's but maybe (laughs) she she must have gone to school somewhere in like rural wisconsin yeah Well, that's exciting. Very nice. Very nice review. And I still haven't made a merch store, so I guess she wins this round. Uh, You know, you need to get on it, Shelby. I know. I know. I really do. I know. Well, but now it's split. Like, do people want it? Do they not? I don't know. Maybe I'll just make some and do a giveaway. (laughs) They wanted those sweatpants. At the very least, I want the sweatpants. (laughs) Yeah, it's a good idea. Okay, we got to get into the actual news, though. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Th- t- the, the, the most pressing story, which I need to talk about, is that Vin Diesel is now the <laughs> pop music sensation of 2020. He released a song called Feel Like I Do. And let me tell you guys, <laughs> this is some good stuff. I have listened Uh-oh. to this song probably Maybe about 30 times already. I am, I am <laughs> pushing for Vin Diesel as my Spotify number one artist of the year. It's going to happen. I'm manifesting it. This song is fantastic. Go listen if you have not treated yourself to it yet. So this is an unironic 
plug for this song. Yeah. Like you really <laughs> yes. do like it. <laughs> well, I saw I I saw it that it was released, uh-huh. you know, on like news sources. Yeah. And I was like, what is this? This has to be a disaster, but let me go <laughs> listen to it anyways. So I did thinking, well, this will be three minutes of my life that I never get back, but mm-hmm. I do not want those three minutes back. And I have given at least like probably an hour now of my time <laughs> listening to this Vin Diesel song. So, so where does it rank in the Eurovision soundtrack? Like where, what oh, song would you pick out? <laughs> that is a, that is a good point because it it is so it does feel like it could be right at home in the eurovision soundtrack um let's see you know what song i sort of hate off the eurovision soundtrack (laughs) is the one that um matt's uh no what's his name (laughs) not matt Stephen, uh, Dan Stevens, yeah. Dan Stevens. He played Cousin Matthew in Down Abbey. That's what was throwing me off. Yeah, 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 Dan yeah. Stevens' song, The L- Hungry Like a Lion oh, or whatever that, that one. That one is probably my least favorite. So I think I'd bop that and stick <laughs> in Vin Diesel's song. Now I don't trust your opinion <laughs> of Vin Diesel. So. Well, I'm not getting rid of Chilling With My Homies because that's right, a classic. Of course. Yeah, I totally remember that because I've definitely listened to I'm not getting rid of Double track. Trouble. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm happy for you and for Vin Diesel, honestly. Like, I feel like it's good for. Did you listen to it, Shelby? Try new things. I saw a viral clip of it premiering, or at least it it was during the Kelly Clarkson (laughs) show, I think. And you didn't listen to the whole thing. (laughs) I'm telling this story, Matt. Okay, fine. Okay, continue. They had like a virtual audience, you know, where they have like the screens of everyone, but it looks Mm -hmm. like they're sitting in chairs. And they were all like pretending to dance to the Vin Diesel song that they're listening to for the first time. It's not an offensive song. I just, I'm just distracted by the Vin Dieselness of it all. You know, like I just, and that's my own shortcoming. I can't, I can't look past the artist and just appreciate the art. And so I just, Vin Diesel is just such an interesting guy to me. And I, I can't. I really want to find out what he thinks of the song and like hear him talk about it because I'm sure he, like you, thinks it's a great work of art that deserves. <laughs> well, the high praise the beauty the of the song mm-hmm. is that you would never know that it's Vin Diesel if you <laughs> sat me down in a room and played it and said, "Who sings this song? It's someone famous." I would give you <laughs> 300 people before I would say Vin Diesel. You can barely hear him on like the track. Him. I it really does it once does. you know that it does, but oh. it's not like, <laughs> like he only says maybe like 15 words in the whole song yeah. and there's a lot of background <laughs> stuff going on. So yeah, well, I'm happy you found a, a song of the summer in this quarantine phase of your New York transition. Yes. Um, worst news, uh, Demi Lovato and her. <laughs> oh, I, I have this one too. Even like. I don't think we ever talked about their engagement, but she got engaged to Max Eric, Eric, Eric. Yeah, the High School Musical guy. Yeah, who like who that we found out about because she walked their into his Instagram live. Yes, yes. So they met and decided to quarantine together. So it all happened this <laughs> this one singular year, summer slash health. Hashtag love in the time of Corona. Exactly. Like real life stuff. And so I had been like tangentially watching this relationship because they got engaged, I think just a little under two months ago. 
And I was like, wait, I thought they just started dating and the ring was huge and they were just like gushing about each other on social media and they had this big photo shoot about it. And I was like, you know what? I'm happy for Demi Lovato. She's been through a lot. Like if she's found someone who supports her and loves her, like great, good for them, weird time, but we're all (laughs) coping in different ways. But then of course, uh, it didn't end well. They broke up and a lot of rumors are swirling around why exactly, but it seems like Demi Lovato's sort of quarantine bubble burst when they started having to work separately because he's now filming a movie. And so they separated and she was obviously spending more time with friends and family. And it seems like, at least according to the sources and all the tabloids, which who knows, that there is some fishy energy coming from Max. <laughs> and a little bit ago, there had been a story broke where... Demi's fans went through all of Max's like social media accounts and found all these tweets and like Instagram live comments where he was obsessed with Selena Gomez, (laughs) which is unfortunately like a sensitive topic, a a tangled relationship (laughs) between the two. And it also just like fed into this theory that Max was kind of celebrity hungry and like wanted to kind of grab onto the coattails of these pop starlets who he kept on DMing and asking his fans to like tag him in and like let them know he's such a big fan. He's like James Charles. <laughs> yeah. Very thirsty, like, you know, D-list celebrity strategy moves. And so Demi at the time was like, you know, you can Photoshop tweets. I don't believe you little tweens. Like, get out of my mentions. Let me be happy. But it all feels a little bit suspect now that their happy story is over. And then on top of that, um, Demi has a oh, yeah, this is the best statement. Part. But Max broke his social media silence to post some Instagram stories, one of which where he was like, oh, that feeling when you find out your relationship is over through the tabloids and (laughs) and then he goes on to say especially when I'm playing a preacher's son in a movie where I just want to do good for people (laughs) or something which is basically like oh yeah I have the quote yeah (laughs) I have the quote uh he was like, uh, quote, a biopic movie about a pastor <laughs> in a Christian church whose intention of the film is to help people. Yeah. A very important context when you're going through a very public breakup, I guess, because it was just like, like, first well, of then all, he I said don't that believe he, he hadn't even. Way. Well, because yeah, then he said that he hadn't even like him and Demi had never even broken up with him. Like they hadn't even had a conversation yet because he's off filming. And so like, this is news to him. What? She broke up with me. I don't even know that because I haven't talked to her recently. It's like, Hmm. Yeah. I'm not (laughs) buying this. Yeah. And then, um, just today he like tweeted and then deleted, like, stop trying to thank you next. Our relationship. Like I'm a human being (laughs) with feelings. And like, if you, Basically accusing her or somehow without really tagging or mentioning her by name, but saying like your fans are bullying me, like get them off my back, which I'm sure would honestly be a very frustrating thing because we all know how these pop star stands can be. But 
there is something just about Max's energy with this whole thing that I'm just very not sure of. And I feel like it's like he's trying to play this like nice guy card, which if a guy tells you he's a nice guy, it's just kind of a suspect, uh, you know, mm. that he's not that nice. Well, also, there's all these rumors going around that he has been leaking stories about him and Demi mm. Lovato to the tabloids behind her back for the pack. Mm last couple of months Mm -hmm. so like as things were sort of coming out about them and like oh what a cute couple it was because he was leaking them and then people think that she found out about that and that's why they broke up yeah he seems like a messy guy and he was definitely like the reacher as as far as fame goes in the relationship and well when you initially said he was in high school musical i was like he was like who and really had to do a deep (laughs) dive to be like okay he was like a backup dancer and like not a named character so yeah and he's like a soap star i think he's been mostly in soap operas i honestly yeah i still don't know who he is like i really don't (laughs) soap star a thing like who is watching soap operas could you name another soap star i don't like (laughs) i think soap star is is now like at the equivalent to me of like works at a bank. You know what yeah. I mean? It doesn't count as being famous. It just oh, counts wait, as having Chrishell. a job. Chrishell from Selling Sunset also is right. a soap star. So, But is she famous for being a soap star or is she now famous for being on Selling Sunset? You yeah, know? The, yeah. That's I, my takeaway. Yeah. Is anyone famous just for being a soap star? I mean, I think honestly some people still really do. Like there is still clearly an audience for the soaps and just because we're not a part of it doesn't mean that they're not uh, out there. Mm. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to pass on that. Uh okay, I have some news which I feel like might be new to you and Ooh. is highly uh rumored suspect uh un, unsubstantiated. Oh. But <laughs> I fo- I started follow Vas who is friend of the pod who's been on the mm-hmm, podcast before. Mm-hmm. Turned me on to this amazing Instagram account called do do moi uh, it's french it's d-e-u-x-m-o-i and it's a private account but if you add them they'll add you back and basically it's just people can submit stories about celebrities like gossipy <laughs> stories about celebrities and then she posts them and so you can just read through all of these interactions of like oh i was an assistant at some such and such a place and i mm-hmm. dealt with this celebrity or that celebrity. like the juiciest most wonderful things going on but someone submitted a story on there about how they were going hiking like back before corona happened and while they were out hiking in la they came upon harry styles and tracy ellis ross who were hiking together on what appeared to be a date and supposedly (laughs) the two of them were talking about like the wildest places that they've ever hooked up and then they were talking about trying to find a bathroom somewhere on this hiking route to like hook up with each other so I mean, how loud of, were they talking? Well, here's the thing. So <laughs> that that in and of itself is a little bit like, okay, yeah. like, is this story true? Like, who knows what's going on? It was submitted to this thing, like, anonymously, blah, 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 whatever. But then because of that, like, 
the tabloids have sort of like picked up this plot line of our <laughs> Harry Styles and Tracy Ellis Ross dating and have gone back and and they were both on the James Corden show together and had some chemistry. She, I guess, showed up to a couple of his concerts and was backstage at them. So I don't know if this is a real relationship, if they're just friends, what's going on, but I am really rooting for the Harry Styles, Tracy Ellis Ross <laughs> romance. I want it to happen so badly now. <laughs> oh wow that's a very interesting pairing i isn't it it's just so fun Uh, (laughs) yeah it's weird are you not into it i love it i don't know i guess it just i mean i guess at this point harry styles is almost 30 so i don't know i guess it's okay yeah i mean i think she's like 15 years older than him maybe or 20 years i don't know (laughs) But she's like cool and he's cool and I don't know. I'm just, I'm like, I want this. I'm manifesting it. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, that's, uh, that'd be some interesting news. And I guess probably the time for it to be happen would be during this weird COVID time. Um, did you, do you think you'll submit any stories to that account or do they have to be like really good? You know, I mean, I think you can submit whatever. And I do feel like I have some stories Mm -hmm. from various interactions with celebrities, either like just because I'm in New York or through various work situations. Mm -hmm. But I'm sort of not sure uh, if I I'm not sure if I need to share them at the moment. (laughs) However, yes, they're (laughs) in the back pocket. So if I feel like the moment is right, I might be ready to go. Good. I can't wait to see them all out and about. Um, I did just see a tweet today that is breaking news, too. Um, Probably less exciting for everyone listening, but M. Night Shyamalan. Oh, I saw this, too. (laughs) He he's proving once again that cancel culture isn't real. And uh, he admits it in this new tweet where he says, it feels like a miracle that I'm standing here shooting the first shot of my new film. It's called Old. And he released the poster. Nothing else about it. I'm curious, how what, how did you read that tweet? Do you think it's a miracle because of COVID or because he keeps making bad movies that no one likes, but he still gets to make a new one? I mean, I think that he thinks that it's because of COVID. <laughs> I think that his last couple movies have done well enough that he is is feeling a comeback for himself, you know? (laughs) Really? Because no one liked Glass. But people liked Split. People liked The Visit. You know, it's not like he's coming off of The Happening and Lady in the Water (laughs) and Avatar The Last Airbender, all of which were disaster films. Right. So do you think this will be a standalone or play into some sort of universe he's trying to build again? Um, do you think it'll be better than Glass for you? See, I don't know. I'm thinking about <laughs> his movies and I'm like, which movie? I feel like other than The Sixth Sense or maybe like Signs, I don't know what universe he'd be playing into because I think <laughs> most of his other movies were flops that he would not go back to. The thing with M. Night Shyamalan, though, is that I think he, the last number of movies that he's done, he's completely self-financed. So mm. it's like he pays for the whole thing. So he doesn't really need to get approval. So it could be <laughs> real wackadoo. 
I saw all these tweets that were like, okay, so it's called old. So like, is the twist that they're all actually young the whole time? Is the twist that they're aging backwards? Is the twist that, you know, they're all actually like millions of years old, but they're just pretending to be old, like all kinds of things. So, I mean, I will go see it when it comes out, I'm sure. Uh, what if it's will just it be like good? A, I don't know. What if it's just like a contemporary like love story about a couple people and there's no twist and everyone's just waiting for the twist. And there's no twist. And that itself is the twist. I, I had that ex- same exact experience <laughs> like five months ago at the, toward the beginning of quarantine. I watched this movie with Joaquin Phoenix and Gwyneth Paltrow called Two Souls, Two Lovers. I think it had the word two in it. I can't remember <laughs> what exactly the title was. And... Oh, I was watching because like a friend wanted to watch it. We were watching it together, you know, texting during it. And... Joaquin Phoenix's character was so strange and the love interest Gwyneth Paltrow was like so angelic and was like I they would just never have dated each other in real life <laughs> that I was like the pl- this is one of those movies where she's dead or she's not real and the whole time I was just like and there's another reason why she's not real and there's another like she, she's a figment of his imagination I was thinking like I think also because I'd seen Joker where the girl in that like isn't real I was like that's what's happening here that's what's happening here and then it got to the end and it was just an act a romance between a weird dude and a hot girl and i was like oh well this completely ruined the movie because the whole time i was like this is bs she's fake and then you get saying you're like oh never mind i guess but maybe the movie would have been better if it had i don't know the movie is yeah. terrible don't watch it but yeah yes I that could be an m night Shyamalan type deal that twist is that there is no twist yeah <laughs> you think it's brilliant uh mind mind jedi tricks but We'll have to see. I I mean, who knows when it'll come out, if it'll come out, what'll happen. I mean, movies, you know, that's just where we're at now. (laughs) Well, that was my last story that I wanted to talk about is just that a whole nother slew of movies have been bumped back to next year. (sighs) The new Wes Anderson movie, Black Widow, West Side Story, The Kingsman (laughs) movie, Quiet Place 2 are all now 2020 docket movies. And really, I was looking at the schedule for 2020 being like, what is left on there that's a big thing? And the only stuff is the new James Bond movie, Soul, that Disney Pixar one, Dune, Death on the Nile, and Wonder Woman. Like, there's like five movies. They're all coming out at Christmas, right? (laughs) Yes. They're all like Thanksgiving slash Christmas movies. And you could easily see all of them getting bumped back as well. Yeah. So... It's weird now because you have all of these movie theaters that are opened Mm -hmm. that I don't think are going to be closing anytime soon. And they've got absolutely nothing to show. So, (laughs) Well, except Tenet that everyone's rushing to see based on word of mouth. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Tenet forever. But I I guess maybe some like indies and stuff are going to have put stuff out there but it just seems so crazy that yeah you have all of the amcs all of the regals and like there's no new movies coming out are the, do you think they're gonna shut no. down again do you think they're gonna stay open like i i sort of feel like is this a worse business model for them to have all of their theaters open and have to be staffed but making no money because no one's going to see yeah. anything rather than it just be closed yeah i'm sure they're upset about it but i don't know if they'll ever close completely again because i mean who knows at this point 
But I feel like they keep on announcing like, oh, we're going to put in Chadwick Boseman's movies or, oh, here's the movie about Ruth Bader Ginsburg. So I guess there's a But they have to just keep hoping famous people die. (laughs) (laughs) They're just uh, hoping to draw people in however they can. So maybe at some point, like, I don't know, maybe they'll just start doing oldies and uh, hoping it draws a crowd. But I don't feel like anyone's really going. I don't I haven't looked at any numbers or anything, but I feel like Tenet was really the only shot it had of proving that people want to go to movies and it didn't really work out. And so I don't know. Well, I think people do want to go to movies, but I think that I don't think that people are going to risk it to go see a bad movie. And yeah. I think that people went and saw Tenet the first weekend. The numbers were fine. And then after that, nobody went and saw it because the word of mouth wasn't good. Yeah. I think if there was something that people were saying, oh, you have to go see this, then maybe people would. But uh, no, I mean, I on a very know. personal note, I'm very upset that Wonder Woman was pushed back to Christmas. And honestly, for our sake, I just... I understand the logic of being like, well, let's give let's give our tent pole tenant like more chance to earn money and like let's make sure people are invigorated to see these bigger movies. But I do feel like they should have scattered these titles a little better because yeah, I I think something like Wonder Woman could really do very well right now and maybe that's just my own bias speaking, but if it was out, I think people would go and see it. Well, the other thing is, like, with the Oscar conversation, Netflix has a whole slew of Oscar contenders that are all coming out this fall. And, uh, I mean, like, there's nothing to stop them. They're shot, they're in the can, and Netflix is not losing any money by not having them go to theaters. So it's like, are all of these other studios just going to keep bumping their stuff? Like, it seems like... They want to have something around for the award conversation this year, but maybe they're just like, nah, we don't need it. I don't I don't know, because it's not like those movies usually make a ton of money anyways. So so, and it like it feels like they could do a put it in theater and put it on VOD and it would make a decent amount of money and we'd be able to watch it and cover for the podcast. But no, these people have Uh, nothing for us. I know. Like, who do we write letters to? Like, I am so tired of covering bad movies. I just want to watch a good film. You know, I really enjoyed even a movie like Tenet, which I did not love. I didn't like it. It was still a joy to sit in a theater and appreciate something, you know? And now we're just, we're running out of things on Netflix even, too. (laughs) You know what? We're just going to have to go and watch Tenet again in theaters and just do another episode (laughs) on Tenet. I think that's where this is eventually leading us. We're just a Tenet podcast, and every Uh. week we go see it again and then see what we've gathered from it new this time. (laughs) Um, But, okay, should we get into Love It or Hate It? Do you have anything on that front? Yeah, I mean, this is more old news, I guess, but I think you'll appreciate it. I, In my time, in my quarantine time, in my COVID time, I've been doing a lot of revisiting old favorites. So I just have rewatched a lot of comedies and uh, TV shows, and I rewatched all of The Office. And oh, gosh. No, why? I've got to tell you, I didn't like it as much as I (laughs) 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 
I mean, there's still a lot I appreciate about, and I think it, I think it did do a lot for television when it came out, and it sort of created this new interest in comedy, blah 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 blah. But it didn't age well, and I think that's a common accepted <laughs> position. There, and I think also what happened is I worked in, I had a job, and I worked with bad bosses and annoying employees, and so I think. I was suddenly like, wow, this place would be a horrible place to work. And that too isn't a revelation, but it just made my rewatch experience a lot less enjoyable than I thought. And I found myself annoyed by almost every single character on that show. And that isn't to say I don't appreciate it. I think Dwight is the best of all. And he has a lot of, there's a lot of good comedy moments. So I'm not totally abandoning the office ship, but I will say the other show I rewatched was New Girl, and New Girl is very funny. I I have never like sat down to rewatch it, but um, I did it, so I got to rewatch all like seven seasons at once instead of like, you know, you watch the second season, then everyone's like, oh, the third season's so bad, it's so disappointing, and so you have this idea in your head as you watch it week by week, and you're like, blah blah blah. But rewatching it, that is a sharp show. And they're all very funny. It's very diverse, interesting. You can tell it's like written by thoughtful people and a lot of women. And I thought it was just so much funnier than I remember. And everyone was having like a good time. And I really enjoyed it. I think it's one of the stronger comedies of of recent years. And it's undersung. I think more people need to take this time to revisit and appreciate New Girl. So that is this. Wow. This is a revelation. <laughs> I feel vindicated. I feel like I was ahead of my time. I <laughs> knew that the office was bad before anybody else did. Uh, I was out here as a pioneer. You know, I honestly sort of. finished the office in like May and I was like, I'm never going to tell Matt about this. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, See, this is it, Shelby. We're educating each other. <laughs> right, but the, the takeaway is New Girl is good. Have you watched New Girl? You know, here's the thing. I have seen maybe like six episodes of New Girl at various points, mm-hmm. and I have thought that New Girl was funny. The episodes yeah. I've seen of New Girl, I've been like, oh, this is good. And for whatever reason, I think probably just because of the sheer amount of episodes, mm-hmm. I've never like decided to tackle that. That's but... <laughs> I I feel yes the the stuff I've seen of New Girl I liked it, unlike The Office where I was like this is not great um, so yeah. I was going to talk for my love it or hate it about Little Fires Everywhere which mm. I thought was bad um, <laughs> but now that we're talking about like old sitcoms I sort of want to talk about I don't think that I ever brought up the fact that I finished off Modern Family in. Oh, wow in quarantine again this is like from four months ago but i hadn't watched i think the last three seasons of modern family so i went and you know just watched them and because i had heard you know people complaining so much about how bad the later seasons of modern family are and i actually really enjoyed them but i think that the thing with that show is everyone's like oh well the early seasons were like so inventive and then the later seasons they're just sort of doing the same thing over and over again and it's like well yeah i think most i think a lot of sitcoms are like that but the the thing that i find sort of like oddly comforting about it is not that 
the late is not that every episode is like new and doing something fun or interesting, but sort of that they're the same characters and they're sort of doing the same thing just in different situations. And so even like seasons nine, 10, 11, it feels less of like, Oh, I'm, Oh my gosh, I'm so old. Maybe there's, I think there's 11 seasons. Yes, I know. Which is crazy because when you think about like, I, I wasn't like a baby when the first season came out, you know, like I was a full on adult when the first season came out. Uh, well maybe not adult. I think I was in high school. Maybe, um, that mm, i think i was i think i was a freshman i i want to say so maybe i was a senior in high school but did we graduate the same year i don't know oh nine (laughs) oh no i graduated in 10 so maybe it was your freshman year my senior year of high school that that came out anyways i just it's it's less about like the funniness necessarily even though i still think it's funny and more about just like the comforting feel of watching like sort of like old friends i don't know that's that's how i feel about some of these sitcoms that are like older and i just especially watching it during quarantine when everything was so crazy it just felt really good to go back and be like oh and cam and mitchell are like having a little squabble (laughs) and jay is trying to sell weird dog beds and ted is doing something doofy it's like it just feels uh it just felt right and there was one season in there i think maybe 10 i can't remember there's a season where the whole season is sort of revolves around this arc that Haley gets pregnant Mm -hmm. and i just thought that that really uh gave them a whole bunch of new avenues to like go through (laughs) these characters as they're going through the various stages of the pregnancy and i just really enjoyed it so kudos to modern family still still good i think as valid as i thought about it, girl. I, <laughs> did you watch the later seasons of modern family no but i think we're reacting to it differently because what i don't like about modern family is that none of the characters like grow or change or become interesting or more complicated than they were on the pilot and i feel like that's not realistic and kind of not fun to watch because it's not so much the hijinks that are the same it's that their reactions like you can tell exactly how every storyline is gonna go because there's no like progress for any of those white people and i don't know i just i just it, i just lost interest in, in uh, the mid season i don't even know where i stopped yeah i mean yes i think we're yeah i think like you said we're watching it for different reasons yeah. i sort of <laughs> like the fact that they're always the same yeah. <laughs> but i mean like like haley as a character just remains as dumb as a doorknob throughout the whole thing and I'm like, well, why wouldn't she? Because there's a moment where she starts to maybe be into fashion or something and like starts. To... But then they just dumb her down again. I don't know. I was just like, OK. Well, in the later seasons, she actually works for a company that's basically goop. And <laughs> she's sort of like the smartest person who works there. And oh, so that is good. a funny uh avenue (laughs) where yes where everyone else is sort of dumber than she is yeah yeah and the gwyneth paltrow character is fantastic so (laughs) well good there's some shows out there i would i would recommend new girl over both modern family and the office just because i think it does a lot of interesting things with its none of them are as good as carol's second act (laughs) which we can all agree was the best thing on tv and of all the shows we've mentioned new girl is definitely the most diverse so (laughs) not for nothing well yeah you know (laughs) modern family has what two yeah (laughs) 
they're trying. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, this has been our Tuesday episode. We'll be back on Thursday talking about the Netflix movie Enola Holmes starring Millie Bobby Brown because that's the point of quarantine that we are at. Uh, you can follow us on social media. You can leave us another wonderful review complimenting me or talking about our merch or whatever else you want to do. And we'll be back on Thursday. Bye. Bye.